Hello, wonderful people. I am back with another episode of Rose Gold Radio. I am your host, Talia. Thank you so much for joining me. And I told you guys it would be enough about me. I'd had to do my few introductions. I had to do the introduction so you would know who the heck you were talking to because, you know, how are you supposed to trust a stranger on the internet, weirdos? But this episode is actually going to be about relationship check-ins. As you can see <laughs> from the title, Relationship Check-ins. Um, so this is about, obviously, relationships. You know, I have my three main categories, faith, relationships, and business, or faith, family, and business, that type of thing. But um, this is when it is about relationships. So what the heck is a relationship check-in, right? <laughs> I'm sure you're thinking, what is that even about? Why do I care? It sounds like a business meeting for your relationship out past. But relationship check-ins, they give you like a designated time for you to air out your grievances, talk about your goals, set a new course of action, get back on the same page. I promise you it's one of those things that once you start implementing them in your relationship, you'll never go back. Seriously, like you will want to have one of these, if not quarterly, yearly. Honestly, I feel like it should be at least a quarterly thing because so much changes in a year and you need to have these conversations more often. I like to have them monthly. Months come around very fast. So that's why I say kind of quarterly is that nice go-to spot. Um, if you aren't doing on one already, then you are probably falling prey to the rush of day-to-day life. You know, you forget to check in with your partner. Um, and when you do check in, it's at a time of high conflict. You're aggravated, frustrated. Something has finally gotten on your last nerve and you are bringing it to them. That's kind of where you get to whenever you don't have these designated times and places for your relationship check-in. So, now I've got your attention and you're intrigued. You're like, okay, so a relationship check-in. How do I do them? Do I show up with a list of things that I need my partner to do or to change? Because I can definitely do that, but not necessarily. This is not a partner bashing session. It's not even a meeting of to-do lists. It's not you guys bringing your list of grievances like I hate you right now because of XYZ. It's it's not that. This is definitely a time where your relationship should be stronger after having these consistently. So let's get into exactly what you do during a relationship check-in. So first things first, you need to set a time, right? So first things first, set a time. Talk with your partner about when and where you want to have this meeting of the minds. You can call it something else if you would like. You don't have to call it a meeting. You whatever funzy little name you want to call it to help kind of relieve that stress off of it, then call it that. I feel like relationship check-in is a nice neutral um, name for this. So that's why I call them check-ins. But the name really doesn't matter. You just want to make sure you're intentional with choosing a time where you're going to have no interruptions. You know, you want your partner to have your undivided attention and um, they need to have your undivided attention. That's that the same thing. Your partner needs to have your undivided attention. You need to have theirs. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Uh, no phone alerts. Put your phone on do not disturb, on silent, whatever you need to do. Um, if you need to 
plan it ahead so that somebody is watching your babies or your children, plan it during a nap time or plan it when they go to sleep at night, whatever the case may be, go ahead and set it up so that you are not going to have any interruptions for a good two to three hours. And I know that sounds like a long time, but think about when you're having great conversation, time flies by very quickly. Excuse me. And, um, during that time, you're going to be talking about so many different things. So set you a good time and a good place so that you can be comfortable and relaxed and know that you're going to be able to have ample amount of time to discuss everything that needs to be discussed. The next thing I want you to do is make some guidelines. So this is what you do when the meeting starts, okay? So you set your time in your place. Now you're there sitting across from one another on the couch, on the bed, at your table, at a desk, whatever the case may be, wherever you are, you're there and now you can set some guidelines, okay? This is for the first time that you do it. These guidelines are going to remain the same for the rest of the time. If they work, there's nothing wrong with changing the guidelines, but Some of the rules that I recommend are putting in place like listening to understand and enact empathy for your partner. Um, So look up what that means. Exactly what does it mean to be an active listener? You want to make sure that you're listening to understand one another. The next one is be respectful and courteous. And you want to, first of all, respect is a huge part of relationship anyway. But when you're talking with your partner about This can be some heavy topics sometimes, especially when you get to money, it can get a little iffy, but you want to make sure you're being respectful. You're not doing any type of name calling. There's no rolling your eyes. We'll do, uh, I'll do a whole podcast on the four horsemen of the apocalypse, but you don't want any of those to show up. Um, Another one I really like to implement is understanding that both points of view are valid. We come from different backgrounds. You and your partner come from different backgrounds. And so what you experience on a day-to-day, they're both valid. Your points and reasoning behind doing things are valid. Just because you don't agree, it doesn't make it any less true or any less relevant. So understanding that both points are valid. The next one is remembering you're a team working together, right? So the problem is the problem. Your partner is not the problem. That's actually the next point too. Um, When you're working together as a team, you want to look for a solution together. Just because you might end up doing what one person agreed to, going over the back and forth, you know what, let me give an example, right? So say we're trying to decide on how much money we want to put into savings this next month. And I come up with an idea of $500. And your idea, you said you want to do $1,000. And so then we sit there and we discuss it and we talk about it and we look over the bills and we see what's feasible and what's not and da da da, vice versa, whatever. And then we end up with my idea that $500 is going to be the best option for this month. Um, we worked as a team to get to that point, even though it was originally my idea. Do you see what I'm saying? So go ahead and think of some things that you would like to incorporate. Maybe take turns talking or only have up to two or three grievances in the meeting. Any any of the, these rules is good. You know, don't overdo the rules either, though. This should be enjoyable. It should be a time to foster another level of intimacy and trust in your relationship. It's not a time where you want to be duking it out. So don't have a ton of rules. Um, and some some rules that you have in your relationship are going to be obvious that they should be implemented in this moment. 
The next thing that you do during your relationship check-in is express gratitude. So you set your time and place, you're here now, you're sitting down, you've established what your rules are or your guidelines, and now it's time to express gratitude, say thank you, and show appreciation. In a healthy relationship, this happens constantly and consistently throughout, but we want to make sure that we're doing this at the beginning as well. We want to neutral neutralize the environment that we're sitting in. So start off by telling one another what you really love about them, especially lately. What's something that your partner's done to make your load easier or that gave you butterflies? I say list about three things. You can list three things that you love or really appreciate about your partner lately that you just adore. It could be anything. So list those three things. After you guys take turns doing that, next what you're gonna do is um list out some things that you need so what are the things that you find most stressful right now and how can they help you de-stress so you want to make sure that you're using those i statements and expressing just a few things you need from your partner in positive terms instead of saying what you don't need you know tell them what you do need so instead of telling them you don't want them to leave their dishes on the counter tell them you would like for them to rinse them and put them in the dishwasher that clears up confusion and it lets them know what's expected of them so do you see the difference there, though? Because I kind of like, I feel like I ran through that um, a little quickly. So so what that would look like is if I was like, oh, you always leave your dishes on the counter. Can you not do that? Okay, but that doesn't tell them what you want them to do. Or you're you're so lazy, like you're such a slob. It's disgusting. I really need you to clean the kitchen more. That doesn't tell them what you want them to do. What you want them to do, what you would really like for them to do, is you would like for them to rinse the dish when they are done and put it in the dishwasher. Be specific. Be specific. The next thing that you'll talk about after you guys tell you to do, and keep it brief, only a few things. If you're doing this monthly, <laughs> then just a couple of things, okay? Just a couple of things. Don't bombard them with this whole list of things that you need them to change because then what that's going to do is that's going to tell your partner that they can't ever do anything right. And also, it's kind of what's the word I'm looking for? The expectation is too high to expect your partner to be able to check off all 10 things that you want them to change. You try changing 10 things in your life overnight. It's very difficult. So if you just give them a couple of things to implement, um, then that will help them to actually be able to follow through with that. Also, give them some grace. (laughs) Okay, so after you go through those, next it's going to be goals. You're going to create a list of goals, individual and couple, that you are currently or you wish to start working on in the next three months or whenever the next checkup will be in that time span. What are the goals that you're currently working on or that you would like to start working on? And after you come up with that list, go ahead and think of a few ways that you can help each other achieve those goals. And list, tell them exactly what accountability looks like for you. So say, for example, one of your goals is to start running. I'm going to be specific with goals. So say that you want to start running um, a mile once a week, right? And your partner says, okay, well, how can I help you? What is something that I can do with that? You you say accountability would be if you ran with me or if you reminded me or if I told you, oh, I have Saturday off, you could say, oh, that'd be a great time for you to get that mile in because since you have that day off, 
you'll be able to get that mile in in the morning. It's supposed to feel really nice. Just something like that. You know, tell them what accountability looks like. And the reason why you want to do that is because what we tend to find is whenever we tell somebody what our goals are and then they go to hold us accountable, we get an attitude. You're like, oh, I know. Okay. I said I was going to run. Like, you don't have to do that. But if you tell them specifically how you want to be held accountable, then you can't really get mad because you're the one who told them how to do it, right? It's going to, it lessens the blow, I feel. The next part is finances. Next, you will talk about finances. I like to talk about finances last because honestly, talking money can ruin a conversation. And I'm I'm speaking from experience, okay? Many check-ins have been ruined by talking finances when we weren't ready. And when I say we weren't ready, we were already super stressed out. We weren't really in a good headspace. We already had a concrete idea of how we should be handling our finances before we went into the meeting. And so when I say that, I'm saying like we already decided ourselves that this is what should happen, which doesn't allow for our partner to influence the decision. So those are things you don't want to come into whenever you're talking about. If you're already in a bad mood, um, or by the time you get to finances, the the tension's a little high. Pick a new date to talk about finances. Pick a different time to talk about it whenever you're going to be calmed down and not stressed because that's the last thing you want to do is talk about finances when you're already over it. Uh, and I would say don't speak on how you will get there until you agree on where you're going. What I mean by that is we'll say the savings things, for example. Don't talk about how you're going to be saving money until you decide how much money it is that you're supposed to be saving. So we can talk all day long about how you need to cut this and you need to pull back on that and you need to cancel this subscription and you need to stop going out to eat there and da-da-da-da-da. But we haven't even decided how much money it is that we're saving. Is it going to be the 500 or the 1000 Because if it's going to be the 500 then I'm going to have to cut back a lot more than if it's just going to be... I mean, if it's going to be the 1000 I have to cut back a lot more than if it was just going to be the 500 Do you see what I'm saying? Um, make sure when you're talking finances, you pull up all of your accounts and you check your standing with your bills, your debts, your savings, all of the things so that, and you need to make sure that there's transparency. One of the biggest reasons for divorce is actually finances. It's above infidelity. And you just want to make sure you aren't using any accusatory language whenever you are talking about money. It's, gonna it's it's inevitable that one person's going to be better with money than someone else um so just don't use any accusatory language in that space the next part is to invest and when i say invest i'm talking about investing into your relationship so what is a relationship without a date night? Invest in your relationship by putting date nights on the schedule. Put it on the calendar. Make sure it's realistic and something you can stick to. So when you're at the end, tying a bow on your whole conversation, your whole relationship check-in, look and see when's the next time you guys can make time for you. Do you have rules for date night? Um, I know that You know, you look on social media lately and everybody has an opinion on what is and isn't considered a date night, whether it's the amount of money that you spend, where you're going, what you're doing, what you're wearing, what you're eating, all of these different things, whether you have drinks or not. There are so many different expectations that people have. You want to make sure that you and your partner are on the same playing field when it comes to the expectations on what a date is, because 
one partner might think if me and you are alone and we're going out and we're eating, that's a date. And they're including when you go and sit down at Wendy's. And you're like, no, no, no. A date is if I have to put on heels. Do you see what I'm saying? So you might, you just need to make sure you're on the same you have the same mindset when it comes to what a date is. So sit down and think about what is a date and then create some guidelines so you're always clear on when you are on that date. Um, other ways to invest in your relationship besides date nights, just it's just about creating interrupted time, uninterrupted time together. So what that means is things like maybe you're reading a book together, you're listening to a podcast, or you talk to a professional, <laughs> like me, um, increasing your bond by learning together, going and doing things that one of you likes. We can talk about that later. It's not always something that you both have to enjoy. It really means more when you go and do something that your partner likes that you don't really like. They truly do appreciate it. And don't go complaining when you do it either. Ugh. And the last thing, I promise it's the last thing, is loving it out. No matter how the check-in ends, end it with some love. Have a six-second kiss, not multiple kisses that equate to six seconds, just a long six-second kiss. There's science behind it, I promise. Share a hug, hold hands. You're a team, and every time you experience conflict, it's a chance to foster intimacy throw an I love you in there for some razzle dazzle if you mean it and just make sure that you end that check-in just looking each other in the eyes and embracing one another and reminding your partner that you truly do love them and this is just a part of what has to be done is looking at the details in your relationship and knowing exactly where things are heading So, you know, I'm always good for the resources. If you need something to help guide you during your check-in, I have a relationship card deck for that. (laughs) You can check it out in the link in the show notes. You can go to my website there. Um, The digital deck for the relationship card is only $4.99. The physical deck will be coming out soon at $24.99. And there's a lot of good questions in there to help you guys out whenever you are um, doing the goals portion of the relationship check-in so you know when you start so you know I'll go ahead and review (laughs) right because there was a lot of points one set a time and a place two make some guidelines once you start your first relationship check-in after the guidelines are set express some gratitude um, and then go ahead and list out two or three things that you need of your partner list out some goals individual and couple goals discuss finances And then talk about how you will invest in your relationship. And lastly, go ahead and love it out. Let me know if you guys enjoyed this podcast any. This is my realm of what I do. I am a relationship professional and I love, 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 absolutely love this stuff. Everything that I'm telling you, it's not just opinion, I promise. It's backed by science, good science, love science. And I love sharing it with you all. I am not a hoarder of resources. I will give it to you freely. If you are interested and you need some help with your relationship, I do still have some availability um, to work with couples. So you can uh, go ahead and schedule a consult with me if you would like. If you need an officiant for your wedding, those are always really fun. I'll do a whole session, um, a whole podcast on the fun different types of unity ceremonies that are available right now that people are doing. So stay tuned for that. Maybe that'll be the next one I do. Who 
I think that'll be the next one I do because that's a fun one. So go ahead and check me out. You can follow me on all of the socials at Better Together 365 or Better Not Together 365. You can check it out. It's all in the show notes, I promise. But thank you all so much for sticking around with me. I'm sitting here again in my husband's closet. I feel like the sound does sound a bit better. So um, that's it. I'm going to just go ahead and wrap it up. Share it with a friend and don't forget to leave a review. Bye.